out there on the internet. This is Doug for Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, and this is the Neuroses for Acute Mental Neuroses. Oh man, it's been a week. There's lots of stuff to cover. I think I won't. I may not spend a lot of time on each one since there are a few different, and some of them uh, deal with the mass amount of just venting, which um, I've done throughout the week. So where to begin? Let's start with all the legal crap. Um, I believe I talked about last week that. Um, ended up being free and clear legally, which is great. I had talked about, um, I believe I had talked about putting in um, to get off of paper, to get off of probation and um, kind of start my life anew, you know, a birth from the warm, wet womb, um, from you know, the labor pains of, of the last uh, almost year. And I got a letter in the mail from my uh, probation, probation officer saying, that I'd been transferred to a less intensive uh, probation program, which was good. Uh, she canceled our appointment and then told me to call and reschedule with a new case manager. But that's a little, I, I'm a little itchy because, you know, I was going to start the process of getting off paper and I hope this doesn't put me behind on that. So I'm probably going to call her next week and, um, or possibly tomorrow and uh, at the time of this recording and and see what my next step could be and if you know I have to you know wait it out another couple weeks then so be it you know um, I, I'm okay with that uh, it, it seemed like a long time away last year that this was gonna end so there was a little bit of anxiety there but uh, you know I haven't I, I've been free and clear of, of the system for you know uh, since the dismissal in court last week and um, or a couple weeks ago I think and, um, you know, I'm not overly worried, but it was a little jarring um, to get that letter in the mail and, and kind of have a, a spike of, of anxiety and, and go, oh, my God, like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? I don't know what's happening. You know, it's, it's that fear of the unknown. The, you know, now I'm dealing with the devil I don't know. Speaking of just dealing with things in general, uh, I haven't had a lot of time uh, <laughs> at all. That would be a great commodity in the future for someone to make time. Um, which I'm sure has been in countless science fiction novels, but um, I knew walking into um, November, which I think this will post in December, so um, at this point this uh, neuroses will have uh, dissipated a bit, but you know, I've been struggling with hitting my word marks, my thousand uh, words a day, um, not because of, well, a couple times because of, of writer's block, but because of time management, and I just don't have a lot of time, and that's going to lead me into something else in a second. Um, that I, I just don't have the time. I, I really don't have... It sounds so weird that, you know, someone would go, oh, you can't just clear two hours? No, I can't. I have a day job. I've got the network. And there are just days where I can't clear the time. I'm trying my best. I hope, I'm hoping that, uh, as of this recording... The next week, I, I only work at the day job very minimally, so I'm hoping I can uh, spend, you know, like entire days off writing for hours at a whack, and I'm really hoping to re recoup some of my word count, because um, it's, what it should be is literally, I think, like a third, um, or a little less than a half of what it should be, um, based on, on the original a uh, thousand words a day and doing the math behind it all. That said, I mean, I am excited about what I'm writing, I still am, I... Um, cracked the final big death in the third act, and um, I'm I'm looking forward to writing that death and then moving on to really the end of the novel. Um, and of course, I'm having anxieties about uh, the ending because the original ending I thought of years ago left it open to another to a sequel. And going through the once again, I'm stuck on labor pains. 
going through the labor pains of having this brain baby, I, I just, I'm, I'm just exhausted and terrified of the thought of starting another novel. Um, not that I would have to start it immediately after, but I, I think in my personality, I would want to start brainstorming the ideas and at least getting um, a skeleton put together for, you know, the next thing. And uh, I was talking to Deb uh, earlier today about it. And I said, yeah, I, I kind of want your insight on, on some of the endings I've thought of. And I talked about the anxiety of, of starting another book. And she goes, well, you don't have to start on that right away. Don't you have something else you can focus on? And I said, well, I have another character, but he has literally, um, I had plotted out uh, 12 books for his series. It was going to be an epic of epic pro proportions. Um, 12 books, um, about a year in his life. Um, I'm not going to share that much um, because I like my idea and I don't want anyone else to take it. But, you know, she was like, Jesus Christ, you're bitching about one book um, that you've only written half of in a month, you know, in half of in a month. And you have, like, a book for, like, uh, it would take you so many, you know, I said, well, you know, it take you so much time. Or, and she didn't like the character name, which I immediately was, I shat on her shitting on me. Um, I hope that's all the proper um, verb tenses on that one. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of got excited where I was like, oh, yeah, once I'm, you know, done with this, I want to move on to a different character and kind of play with a different voice. And I was like, you're out of your god. She and I were both, like, kind of had that moment where I was like, you're out of your goddamn mind wanting to start an epic project like that after, you know, like I said, the anxiety and having to do the time management and, and being frustrated with, with not being able to write sometimes, whether it be writer's block or time management or just not not getting the prescribed words out that, uh, you know, an undertaking like another a 12-book process is... Uh, very far down the road, but I think I may end up um, springboarding and kind of using the the energy, the the momentum from finishing the novel to, um, if not finishing a short story that I've wanted to finish for a little while, um, starting work on on the radio play I've talked about. I know it's it's probably been a month since I brought it up, um, but you know Deb and I still brainstorm and I still have all my notes, so I don't think I'll do a thousand words a day. I think that'd be insane. But if I could focus on maybe doing two to five hundred. In, in, an, in, a, in, a, in a script format, I think that'd be fantastic. I'd, you know, probably breeze through that. So, anyway, um, and that's instead of setting up like, oh, I want to write an act every time I sit down. Um, it would be 500 words in an act, and when I get to the end of the act, then I could take a couple days. You know, and then Deb would uh, copy, edit everything, and then, um, you know, so maybe writing an act like, you know, probably an act a week. But anyway, um... And talking about time management, um, my job is in uh, upheaval, not my personal job. I'm not like on the chopping block by any means. Uh, at the time of this recording, we're restructuring, we'll say, um, and that's being charitable and using euphemisms. Um, if I didn't, I would say that they're firing the manager and probably dividing his job. By the looks of it, they're dividing his job into that of two shift leads, um, which Everyone is really looking to me to become one of them, which is fine. I don't mind, but I don't want to be high on the totem pole. I want to still be flexible in my schedule. I don't want to be held accountable for the shop as a whole. I don't mind picking up a few extra responsibilities, but you know, this this month, November, has been a terror for me um, to clear up time, and I don't want to stretch myself out too thin. And I talked about this last week where... 
when my brain goes on autopilot or gets comfortable, it freaks out and needs more shit piled onto it. And I'm finding it difficult to do everything I need to do um, on a weekly basis. Um, and that's, you know, once the, the novel is finished and the thousand words are out of my way, and I cut down that word uh, word count uh, to 500 a week or whatever it is, you know, that is automatically replaced by something in the day job. And I will once again feel stressed trying to get things done. I don't want to be high up on the totem pole. I don't want this day job to take up my life because I don't know what's going to happen um, in terms of a day job in the next six months. I'm looking for something... Um, I'm not actively seeking, but I'm looking for something better in the long run. And that may not happen until farther down the road. But, you know, I, I don't want to put the, the the owner in a position that he's dependent on me and then I just split with proper notice, of course, because that would be unprofessional if I didn't. And I don't want to put, you know, myself in a position where I'm stretched too thin or, or doing extra work and not getting paid for it or not being, you know, properly compensated or feeling exploited and taken advantage of. I don't want to put myself in that position. I don't want to put him in the position I'd mentioned earlier. So, you know, that's part and parcel with, with, with time management is I'm just trying to balance everything and it's incredibly frustrating when I can't, when I know I can, or, or that I don't and I know I can. You know, it's also, I'm, I'm getting personally frustrated. And maybe I shouldn't say frustrated, but I had talked, I think, last week about seeing Thor 2 and shifting from alone to lonely. And I had posted something on Facebook, something just very cute and funny, and I had said, is it too much to ask to find a girl who knows about the Infinity Gems and loves the Stone Roses? And the first two thing, first two comments on that post were, yes. And the third one was me saying, fuck. You know, but uh, part of it is, you know, I can bitch and moan all I want about not being able to find a girl, but I'm not necessarily actively seeking one uh, in the regard of I, I don't get out much. And part of that is... is the, the the legal issues and the probation. And, you know, when all's said and done, probably at the end of the year, I, I will kind of reemerge out of the cocoon that came out of the womb um, from the first two minutes of the show. You know, the uh, I, I, I won't necessarily actively seek. I think that brings an air of desperation. But I'll start going out again. And that will obviously enhance my chances of meeting this Britpop comic book loving girl, which I, I found one and it didn't work out, but I know they're out there. I know they're out there. Uh, they have to be. So, because obviously, you know, there's just mathematically speaking, there has to be more than one girl out there for me in terms of just uh, uh, interests alone. Uh, and then we'll get into, you know, how we get along. But I'm assuming the per the, the interest uh, coinciding would, would have us get along. Wow, um, I'm already at the, at the uh, you know, more than halfway mark. Um, at the time of this recording, it uh, finally snowed for the first time, really, uh, this year. Weather is a son of a bitch. That's literally my note, is weather is a son of a bitch. I'm a pedestrian. I rely mostly on my feet and public transportation. And I find that people's opinion of the weather has a lot to do with if they drive or not. And they go, oh, you know, it didn't snow that bad. Well, you don't have to walk in it. You're not dealing with the wind. You're not out in the elements braving it the way I am. And I'm not saying I'm a goddamn pioneer and, you know, women have birthing holes um, and baby troughs. I'm not saying that by any means. I mean, I have much higher quality clothes to keep me warm. But, you know, it's just a pain in the ass. Weather to me is very inconvenient. And I don't like being inconvenienced, 
Especially by the elements. I can't punch snow. It frustrates me. Not that I punch anything when it frustrates me. I work through my problems in a calm manner um, using a sort of speaking, which is ineffectual against snow as well. So it doesn't matter if I'm punching with my fists or my words. It doesn't goddamn listen to me. Um, or fall down and go away. Fucking weather. Let's see, what else? Um, I've started a semi-secret. Um, I'm sure uh, it, it's going to be a fun little experiment in terms of writing. I've started a, a secondary Twitter account. Um, I have the one, we have the one for the, for the network um, that I run right now. And uh, I did another one that's a lot of fun. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of mythology, um, Greek, uh, Greek, Roman, and Norse. And I was a fan of this shit before Thor be ever became a movie. And I managed to park the username at the real god Loki. Um, and I'm going to have a lot of fun uh, toying with uh, hashtags and um, ats. Um, and tagging people because um, I, we've just started doing that for the network to build our uh, our visibility. I I still don't quite know all the ins and outs of using Twitter um, as I'm I'm still relatively new to it in the last six months. Um, I'm a late adopter on on Twitter, so I'm going to be using the Loki handle to experiment with all that kind of stuff and see what I can do and what I can't and and all that as well as just have a lot of fun, and it's going to be from the point of view of the actual Norse god Loki will not be the Marvel Universe one. So you'll see things like just hanging out in the room without doors for the next thousand years. What are you up to at Kim Kardashian or at NFL, whatever it is. So I'm going to be pulling a lot of, uh, going to be doing a lot of research and, and it'll be a lot of fun. I've always liked the, you know, the thought of, of uh, you know, these people that start the Twitters of, of, you know, historical figures and kind of put their own anachronistic spin on it. And I think it, I, 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 I enjoy that a lot. I think it's a lot of fun, and I'm glad to be uh, kind of joining that cadre of people. And, it, you know, it kind of gives me an outlet for some fun, just to have fun and write funny stuff. Um, that's not any anything long form or serious. As uh, kind of a parting shot um, at the end of the episode, um, a couple of sad announcements, and um, this will be... Uh, wouldn't say old news, but, um, past news. Um, I want to say, you know, my, I want to send my, uh, condolences and, and, um, thoughts out to Chris Hardwick and his friends and family. Um, his father died, um, last week. Hashtag RIP Billy Hardwick. I, uh, originally skipped, uh, his dad's Nerdist episode, and I'm not quite sure why. I don't know if, if I was, uh, that's when I was kind of just cherry-picking episodes or something else caught my attention and I kind of missed it. Um, but I'm going to go back and listen to it, um, kind of in the spirit of, of support. So I want to say, you know, my condolences to, to Chris Hardwick, uh, at Nerdist on Twitter. Um, and I also want to give my condolences to um, past and future Shooting the Gap guest Dan Baker, whose grandmother uh, recently passed away, I believe last week as well. Um, I lost my dad's mom, uh, when I was in my teens, um, and, and I, I was never super tight with, with my dad's parents, um, they lived kind of farther away and, you know, that distance did not breed familiarity, but, uh, following that, uh, years later in my, um, 
early 20s, I, uh, I believe I was 21 or 22, I lost three grandparents in one year. Um, I lost my, my dad's dad, and I lost both my mom's parents. Uh, my dad's dad in January, and then um, my mom's parents um, that following uh, uh, August and then October. I mean, uh, and I was very, very close with my, uh, my mom's parents. So, um, you know, my condolences to, uh, to Dan and his uh, friends and family grieving that loss. Um, I'm very sorry for it. Um, you know, it's unfortunate you start getting to that age where, you know, you start, you start really realizing that, uh, your parents aren't immortal. Um, I mean, I think as, as children, you are well aware of how old, maybe not how, how old, but you know, that your grandparents are older and then you gain that, you know, sense of, uh, mortality and, and you go, okay, well they were, you know, old and, and, um, old people die. That's what they do. Uh, there's no cure for time and no one making it. So, um, but you know, you start getting into your thirties and you start uh, looking around and you're going, Oh Jesus, like, you know, my, my parents are, you know, you know, they're, they're at the age where, you know, their, their parents, my grandparents were starting to like plan for their deaths and my mom is doing the same thing. And it's very sobering because, you know, my daughter will have to do that with me and watch me do that. And I'm not looking forward to getting old. My day job is next to an old person daycare. Uh, um, and the food they make them is horrible. I don't want to get old. I don't want to eat that food or drink that weird boiled fruit juice. They put juice in water and boil it in a giant vat. Or I'm sorry, fruit and water and boil it in a vat and call it juice. It's Fucking disgusting. It smells like grape fart for hours. Hours! So, um, on the note of grape farts, I don't have a Facebook submitted uh, sign-off today. So, um, I will say, you know, the cookie, crumbles, the cookie crumbles that way, and that's how it is. Or something like that. From Doug and his acute mental neuroses, good night. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for Omos Bacon and Banjo!